0: Hello everyone and welcome to For What It's Nerd Today We're here to discuss Secret Invasion again. The show just wrapped this week and I think it's very important to discuss, especially because it is now the worst rated um, finale episode project um, ever to come out of Marvel. And that's like not even just the MCU, that's Marvel in general. So we'll discuss that. But before we get into that, there's two little things I want to discuss quickly. First off... This is our 100th YouTube video as this podcast episode goes up. Now, of course, to anyone listening elsewhere, or, you know, listening in general, actually, that might not mean anything to you. But obviously, this is a very big milestone. And I want to just, just quickly say, wow, I can't believe we got to 100 videos here. Where we just hit 400 videos or was it? Yeah. 400 videos on Peralta's Place, which is my gaming channel. Those who aren't aware of that, so like it's it's big. Like 500 videos across two channels is is a big thing for me. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who listens, who watches, who participates in for what it's nerd in forever, uh, in whatever way should I say. Um, not you can you can forever if you want if you want to participate in for what it's nerd forever. Um, that sounds like a that sounds like a sequel podcast maybe um (laughs) but um yeah thank you to everyone who has participated in some way in the for what it's nerd brand um obviously we are just coming into over a year now so it's really nice to hit another milestone not long after that this is also the 40th episode of the podcast so in 10 weeks if i do a podcast every week consecutively because sometimes i miss a few and i might miss one or two depending on current circumstances but we're we're heading towards the 50th episode, which of course will be very big and very exciting. So that's something to keep an eye out for as well. But this is the 40th episode of the podcast, but 100 videos on YouTube and I'm very happy about it. Now, as well as that YouTube, I'm going to keep on that YouTube theme for a little bit longer because I, as you guys know, for What It's Nerd isn't just a podcast, it is a brand. I am trying to do more with just For What It's Nerd than just the this show that we do, this discussion that we do every week. But don't get me wrong, this is the primary focus of the channel. But I, I want to do other things as well. I want to, I want to really expand the brand, so to speak. And so, with that in mind, I've started a new series on the YouTube channel, um, and that is Board Meeting. So, what Board Meeting is for those unaware, Board Meeting is a, it is the spiritual successor, in my eyes, to what, well, to a degree of what and Sundry used to do with Tabletop uh, was where they had guests and they had people come on and um they would play a game. Now, obviously, I'm not saying I'm anywhere near as good as a host as Will Wheaton, definitely not, but that's kind of what I want to hear. I don't think you get many shows that kind of do that now. I don't think you get many like board gaming shows. I mean, there, there will be some out there, and I, I'm not claiming to know them all, and I'm not claiming to say there aren't some really good ones out there because. I haven't super looked into it, but I knew it was just something that I wanted to do and that I wanted to provide as part of the For What It's Nerd brand, right? So, we started our first episode, uh, I had Lynch Makes Games come on, and Lynch and I, we played uh, Marvel United, which you guys, A, if you're watching the YouTube video, you'll be able to see my extensive collection of Marvel United. Um, and we had a lot of fun actually so if you guys want to watch that if you guys are interested in seeing some board gaming content coming to for what it's nerd you can find it there um every month or every like month end the last friday and every month basically um you can keep an eye out for that and that will be live and then obviously available to watch on youtube thereafter so keep an eye out for that now with that all said let's get into the episode proper so like I said, Secret Invasion is now kind of ranked as one of the worst pieces of MCU content, um, ever. And first off, I want to say that I don't believe that to hold necessarily true. I think there's worse stuff out there from Marvel. I think there's worse thing. The thing there's things that I've liked less than Secret Invasion as a whole, but. I will admit the finale was not for me, and in fact, I think it was not for many people. The finale undercuts all of the subtleties and the nuance and the kind of piercing of the first five episodes and really makes this show just end on a note that doesn't really fit with what we've had prior. And what I mean by that is, and of course we will have to go into spoiler territory here, so spoiler alert for anyone who, who wants to watch episode 6 still. Uh, the plot devolves into the usual
1: um, superhero beats supervillain with little
0: more to say than that. Like, Nick doesn't really face any repercussions for having utilised the scrolls in the way he does. The scrolls don't really get a compromise or otherwise get a seat at the table, put so to speak. Um, Rody's character development is now further back than where it had been from many films thus far, and I personally find that really, really annoying because the idea now is that Rody has been a scroll since Civil War. Now I don't hold to that theory. I still think it was after Endgame because I personally believe. That if he weren't, it would be too much of a change and it wouldn't make sense with the rest of the show. But to be fair, some people have also pointed out glaring plot holes like a lot a lot of Avengers were aware of a planet that the Scrolls could have lived on. Ala, the planet that Thanos was on in the beginning of Endgame. But, but long story short, what I'm trying to say is that this episode really just begins to undercut so many things that it had built up to. Ravik, I mean. In this episode, what is so annoying is that the acting was very, very strong. There's a scene between what we find out is not Nick Fury, but at the time is Nick Fury and Gravig, Um In which um, there's a conversation about that Nick used the Skrulls and the Skrulls were essentially made to be foot soldiers for Fury's work. They were um, they were kind of just rank and file goons that were used for anything nick, nick needed them for and basically that he became what he was because of the scrolls what the scrolls in turn got nothing some of those lines were delivered really really strongly and really really impactfully in perhaps a way we haven't seen in many villains especially of late because um i think we're going through a phase where villains are either megalomaniac or kind of low to the point where they don't really have a reason for being bad other than being bad um but um yeah so it, it was frustrating and especially because the gimmick of the ending episode is that uh Gravik and Gaia gain the powers of like all of the Avengers including like uh well not just the Avengers but um characters like Ebony Maw and Cull Calypsid- or whatever you want to call them some versions called him Black Dwarf, etc. So um that plus also stuff like um Drax's powers and Mantis's powers, and it's like, okay. So you have made two characters infinitely powerful kill off the one that had a little bit more intrigue behind him. Uh in favour of Gaia, who whilst I love Amelia Clark and I think she was good in this and the scenes that she had I think Gaia was not the successor
1: to Talos and generally to the scroll kind of
0: facade of the m c u like the scroll um to, to be, she was basically the poster girl for the Scrolls now, right, but it doesn't feel like she really earned that in this, and like okay let's let's be very clear about this. That is not me saying that I don't think that female characters can just become. The poster character right but it feels like gaia sat in the background for a lot of this and then was suddenly amped up to extraordinary levels and like she literally has every power of every every character that was in end game at this point apart from like you know iron man because you can't pass that on by way of dna etc you know you know how it goes but
1: i i find that to be weird because
0: now the most all all-powered character is a character who we barely really know and top that we don't know when we're going to see her again we don't know what her relevance is going to be going forward we know she and Sonya are working together which don't me wrong that is very interesting to me I'm very interested to see what happens with Sonya I'm very interested to see what happens with Gaia as a character I think she's an interesting character I think She's this scroll who wants a home, but has always actually had a home, essentially, on Earth, right? That's interesting. That's really, really interesting. But
1: I I feel like it was just,
0: let's amp this up as crazily as we can go, right? And I don't think it pays off in this instance. And so here we sit with kind of, um,
1: for want of a better word, a character that's stronger than even the characters that we know and love the most and is she going to be utilised correctly or even at all and so don't get me wrong I I, what am I trying to say because I think I I need to
0: be very clear on this because I think this is important I think the characters in this show were really good. Sonya's Nick is especially the one. Gravik was good. Gaia could have done with more but was good. And I really I find my character that I loved the most in this was uh Priscilla or I believe her uh scroll name is Vara, if I'm remembering correctly, which I loved in this, this episode, especially Nick and Vara's relationship, and the fact that she stands alone but very much beside him, especially in those kind of ending moments of the show. But yeah, I, I I don't know. I feel like Secret Invasion could have been this great, massive, uh interlinked part of the MCU that really tried to set up where they were going with a lot of these projects, a lot of these things that they're trying to do, and it felt like it fell
1: flat. And so I, I suppose what I'm trying to get at is for...
0: An expanded universe like the MCU is meant to have complex storytelling, interesting storytelling, not just your Saturday morning type shit. And this is what it was reduced to. And because of that, certain characters felt like they were underserved. Gaia is underserved as a character because she suddenly just becomes insanely powerful, right? And that's not her struggle, in my opinion. I don't think she needed power. And I understand that was kind of needed for the fight because Gravik had certain powers already. I get that. And so Gravik was kind of amped up to inordinate proportions as well. But I feel like Gaia, as this character who was sort
1: of unknown, sort of we didn't know what she was going to do, I think that
0: was more interesting than her being this powerhouse of a character. I, like Vara, for example, Vara has this very quiet strength. And, like, she doesn't need to be anything more than what she is, especially by the end of the show. And, like, when she says she's staying in her house, she's staying on Earth, she has things she needs to do there. All these types of things. That is more, like, I feel like Vara as a character is so strong. And Sonya as well. Sonya knows what she needs to do and she does it and unapologetically and humorously, and when she feels like she's gonna be her authentic self, she is. Um, And so I just feel like Gaia kind of became a vessel to do silly stuff with. Whereas I feel like Amelia Clark's range as a character, as as an actor, could have really been pushed into and it could have made something a little bit more interesting without going down the hey, let's give her every power route. And look, right, okay, Super Scrolls have been around for ages in the comics. Clert, the original super scroll from the comics, is actually a really interesting character, except because his powers tr- like a one for one with his adversaries, right? And okay, yes, Gaia and Gravik ended up with the same abilities, but they had no stakes behind. Them. I guess that's what I'm trying to drive home. There was no stakes behind those powers being given to those people because they did nothing with them.
1: For a, when Clurt gains the powers of, you know, the Fantastic Four, um, I was gonna say Storm, but I didn't mean Storm. I meant, you know, Sue Storm, Johnny,
0: Reed. I'm, I, why can I not say Human Torch? Okay, there we go. I, I was trying to think of his name. Human Torch, uh, Invisible Woman, Mr. Fantastic, and Thing and the reason he gets those powers is to kind of facilitate an idea of well how do the heroes fight themselves right but in a new and interesting way other than doing like a doppelganger thing which the scrolls can do but that was the idea right let's move away from what the scrolls have done in the past and let's do this kind of
1: amalgam right let's do like the scrolls amped up right that's the idea that's the that's the premise and i feel like this version doesn't do that because it doesn't even
0: pit them. If Gaia or even Gravik had to fight or deal with or help Captain Marvel, then you kind of get it, right? It's like, it's like, it's like how Hulk protected Rick Jones from getting infected by Jama, but then Rick ends up later on becoming bomb, right? And so, like, there's kind of this part that's like, okay, you get it, right? You get where that's kind of come from. Um, The fact that, like, it's this character who is intrinsically linked to the Hulk and has thus been sort of affected as a result. And so that gives the powers weight. Like She-Hulk, again, another example. She-Hulk gains her powers from her cousin, and thus her powers have this kind of ground grounding in, hey, this is how this happened, this is where this comes from, this is why it's meaningful. Um, Even villains like... um. You know some villains gain their powers by way of of running with their superhero for the first time, or um I'm trying to think of other examples off the top of my head. they aren't necessarily coming to me, but you know there's certain times where um villains and heroes have their kind of backstory interlinked kind of the flash kind of idea, right that the reverse flash and the flash are interlinked because of their history slash the future um so i i feel like that's my issue here is that like if you're going to set up super scroll is 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 a fantastic Four villain
1: and is
0: designed in such a way this super scroll wasn't even a captain marvel villain or a captain marvel ally and so it feels like the scrolls are just divested of any grounding because of that the super scrolls and so what I find interesting is I kind of wished they wouldn't have done that with Gaia. And I feel like if she had, because obviously she got extremist beforehand, right? She seemed to have the ability to come back to life. That was an interesting point. If they left her there and left her with this one kind of ability to keep coming back, um, to be persistent, like she saw so seemed as a character, that would have fed more into her development, in my opinion. But aside from all that, what I what I guess I'm trying to say is that this show feels at a point where it could have been really really impactful to the MCU feels less impactful than one division or feels less impactful than Hawkeye or feels less impactful than um Loki right because those feed into the wider MCU in a bigger way. This feels very very localized, especially considering you know this is a, this is a worldwide threat the scrolls are invading, they're taking over high-level characters, high-level people. um, And yeah, so I, I suppose I'm I'm not happy with Secret Invasion because I think it could have had so much potential and so much driving force and not to say I wanted cameos, but I think it could have really done with more of the wider MCU coming into the picture. I think this show could have really done with a few more episodes as well. Um, to really flesh out the concept more thoroughly rather than the it becoming basically Rhody's a skull a scroll sorry and that's kind of it but um yeah I think uh, I think there's some really good things that have come out of Secret Invasion. Nick Fury getting a bit more of a, a backstory that was cool. Taylor's getting some more screen time though I wish he hadn't died. Gaia obviously coming into the picture Gravik as a villain was really good. Sonia as like an antagonist slash uh, anti-hero is really interesting and I want to see where she goes. Um, And, you know, seeing the Skrulls again in general is obviously a very interesting thing, but I feel like all of those could have been better served within the plot. So I, I'm excited to see where they show up next. I'm excited to see the ones that can show up next, see where this goes. But I do wish, I do kind of wish they'd done
1: a bit more of a service good as a concept
0: so that's it guys thank you very much for watching slash listening we'll be back next week to discuss who knows what but until then I hope you have a great week
1: and I'll see you later bye guys